Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene Steinkamp. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. I don't know how well you know your Lord. Because if we knew and we could understand who the Lord is, you would not be so defeated, so discouraged, so depressed. And because we would go to the Lord and say, you're my deliverer. You can go and deliver my spouse. You can set my spouse free. But we end up, due to our lack of knowledge and lack of knowing how to pray, we don't take authority that we have as a Christian. And we pray weak prayers when we should be going to the Father and, and pray the Lord's Prayer. How should I start praying every day? Say the Lord's Prayer. That's a good thing. It covers many subjects. Break it down, and you can start there. He is your Heavenly Father, and He's Abba Father. And there's nothing more important to understand. He cares about you. He cares about you, every single one of you. And he, he is hurting for the men that they don't have their wife because Adam was incomplete without his wife. And he's hurting for your women that the men have been abandoned you or left you or were wounded by you, and they have just taken off because they didn't know how to pray for their spouses. They weren't maybe believers. So we understand there is such a variety. But you know what? God knows everything about you and your spouse. He knows all your past. He knows your present, and he knows your future. So he's going to direct your path. He's going to guide and direct you, and you have to listen and you have to choose whether you're going to obey him. And if you go on a detour road, and then you get to come back and start all over, because he will not let you go. You know, that once you become his child, he's going to say, I'd like to do it my way, <laughs> not your way. So we want to have you understand. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And there is what we need to pray against, strongholds. We need to break the strongholds in your life, and in your spouse's life. Do you understand you are in a spiritual battle? You, in fact, are in a spiritual war. And you know what? If you want to read most of the Old Testament, you can read how there were battles, and most of them, God won. And if he didn't win them, what did he tell the person that had happened? You didn't do this, or you did this wrong. Or you didn't do this right. I mean, there was always a reason that God did not defend his people. So will you believe tonight in God's mighty power and stand strong for your marriage to be transformed and restored? I am not asking for your wife or for you to have your husband come home and be abusive and disrespectful and to be what they were. I'm asking them to be what you saw them on your wedding day and then to be touched and transformed by the Holy Spirit 
to be changed to be the husband and wife that you need now and that what God wants them to be now. So it's not to get the same-o, same-o. It's to get somebody that's going to be touched, transformed by the Lord. And like you've been touched and transformed, hopefully, hopefully, you have had a transformation already by finding us and hearing marriage restoration and saying, that's what I need. That's really what I need. And then you started maybe getting a devotional and started growing and growing and getting hope that your marriage is not just going to survive or going to just fight or just have battles, but we're going to make it and make our marriage to be built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. We need to stand and fight for God's best. And he's knocking right now and saying, would you enlist into God's army? Will you enlist? And you know what? He doesn't want you to become a POW. He doesn't want you to become a prisoner of war. He doesn't want you to go AWOL. He doesn't want you to take a detour road. He wants you to join his army. He's commander-in-chief, and he wants you to enlist and fight for your marriage. Now, let me share the key to victory. It's a daily walk with the Lord. It's reading your Bible every day. It's praying every day and not giving him five minutes. And I know that is, you know, we've used an excuse that we're so busy. And I dare say that the Lord would say, then make time for me because I'm most important. He does not want to be squeezed in. He wants to be put in a priority that he's number one. And you know what? If we don't, he gets our attention. One way or another, you need to know who you are in Christ. And that was one thing that my lack of knowledge, it, it made me not understand and made me give up on my marriage. It made me not believe in the power of God, did not know the word of God as well as I should have known, so that I knew that Bob could be touched and transformed if I would pray and stand in the gap, and I didn't do that. I never put on the armor of God for 19 years we were married. I never heard it preached. So that doesn't give me, if I had read the Bible, I would have found it. <laughs> so there's no excuse. There's no excuse for any of us. Who wants to keep reminding you of your sins? Satan. So you got to understand that if you know you've confessed your sins and you know the devil keeps bringing all those circumstances back, you've got to say, whoa, I know that's not Jesus talking to me. That's the, the condemner. That's the, the accuser, the adversary, Satan. So you've got to take control and say, Satan, get away from me. In the name of Jesus, flee from me. I, no more. You know, I'm not going to listen to these lies. They're lies trying to defeat you, to condemn you, and you are a child of God. So Colossians 1 says, For he has rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That is an awesome prayer, awesome scripture. For he has rescued my spouse. Put your spouse's name, Bob, Tim, Lori, Tom, my children, grandchildren. He has rescued all of us from the dominion of darkness 
and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. That's how you do it. You just say, Lori and her family, however you want to pray for all your loved ones, put them in there. If you've got lost loved ones, pray for them. For he has rescued them from the dominion of darkness, brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You are complete in Christ. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, Be confident of this. Now this is powerful. That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He's going to complete what he started. He's going to complete. He's giving you the heart and the burden for your husband, for your marriage, and for your children to be saved and delivered and set free from any or all things that they may have gotten into. They may be bullied at school. They may be tormented by, by drugs or alcohol, or they've got in trouble, it doesn't matter. We're going to be confident that he who began a good work in you and your child and your family or your husband will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. You are a new creature in Christ. You're, you're a creation of Christ. You are new. You are what God, what was is gone and get rid of it. Second Corinthians 5.17, this is a very popular salvation scripture. Therefore, it's if anyone is in Christ, there's that in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. It's under the blood. The new has come. We're going to pray that the truth that you're going to learn is going to challenge you to be diligent, to sacrifice time, to make time, and to want to really fight the enemy. Now, let me tell you, God wants to use you as the, as the prayer warrior. He's going to do all the battles. Second Chronicles uh, 20 says, Jehoshaphat was facing a huge army coming to destroy all his people. And he says, for we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. Tonight, that's where you are. You have a vast army of your spouse saying, I don't want to be married. I'm not happy. I'm leaving. I'm divorcing you. Or you are divorced. You, regardless where you are, you've got this vast problem. Guess what? So did Jehoshaphat. But they were planning to kill all the people. But you already feel like you're dying inside because you've got the enemy stabbing you with chest pain and, and hurt and abandonment and rejection and, and all of the words that they have said to you, how you failed and how wrong you are. And you are just, you know, well, don't believe them because who's speaking? It's the accuser. It's the devil. And we have got to say, Lord, who do you see me as? And he sees you as a, a child of God in Christ. This is who you are, but not what the enemy says. So it says, the Lord says to him, do not be afraid or discouraged. This is for you tonight. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Can you get that? Can we get it at the beginning? That the battle, you have to be obedient to pray and do what God tells us to do. But we have to understand the Lord is going to take his people and do what he wants to do in dealing with each and every situation 
and the battle is not yours. Do not be afraid or discouraged. So when fear comes upon you, he says, do not be afraid. How many times does do not be afraid in the Bible? How many times did Jesus say, do not be afraid? A lot. And he says, for the battle's not yours, but God's. And then he told Jehoshaphat, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. The Lord is going to do it. The Lord brought Bob home. I didn't bring Bob home. So you've got to understand that God is in control of your spouse, and you've got to let go and let God deal with them. However, you need to love them, but you've got to stand firm. You need to stand firm and love and act and react as Jesus, as the Lord wants us to act and react. Because the Lord tells us a lot in the New Testament. Remember, I said, read Ephesians 5, read Colossians 3, read 1 Peter 3. Read those uh, over and over till you know that we've got to zip our lips and we've got to love them unconditionally. We've got to understand that God is, is in control. And I know we want the enemy wants us to fear him. Don't. Don't fear him because that's not where you're going. We've got to trust in the Lord. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly or to the full. My question is, how are you fighting the enemy, Satan, spiritually? Are you getting dressed every day? I didn't know about the armor of God for 19 years. I don't know how. I, I was blinded, obviously, or, or foolish. I didn't read it. I don't know. You know, I can't go back and, and go back and relive my life. But I know that I know when God spoke to me, he started teaching me by reading the word and by reading books. And guess what? In every one of our books, we talk about the spiritual weapons of warfare. We need to go to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of God. I am telling you, you need to understand He's saying, in his mighty power, be strong in the Lord. He's not telling you to be weak in the Lord every day. He's telling you to be strong in the Lord. And, and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that, and he's going to tell you why you're putting it on, so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It doesn't matter what tricks or schemes or traps the devil's going to do to you today. He says, if you put on the full armor of God, you can take your stand against the devil's trick or scheme. For, and then it's, there is this verse 11, which God gave me at the beginning, because I was so angry at Bob for all that he had done and is, was doing. I blamed him 100%, 110% of my marriage problems. And the Lord said and showed me that for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There are layers, and we have got to understand, there is authorities against the powers of this dark world that we can't see. The Lord is telling us, beware of what's going on. But guess what? It's all of what you're fighting is the enemy in the darkness. It is not your flesh and blood, who is your spouse, your children, your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, 
your children. We are fighting a spiritual battle. And we're going to be tempted. And the temptation not comes from God. It comes from the enemy. God did not tempt your husband to read books or do pornography. It was the enemy that tempted him. If you're tempted to quit standing, it's not God tempting you to quit standing. It is the enemy. You've got to get this tonight so that you can share it with other people that I will never see because they're going to be tempted and, and you're going to know the truth now. And when you know the truth, we have to, we have to share it with others and not sit there zip lip. So therefore it says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, so whenever it comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth. And I, when I do it, I add a few extra words. I put on the belt of truth, and Lord, I pray none of my kids or I will walk in air. Lord, I never want to walk in air. Lord, I pray, put on the belt of truth around my waist, and I put the breastplate of righteousness. And Lord, I pray I walk in holiness, and I pray my children and grandchildren will walk in holiness. And, and, and with my feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, Lord, I want to walk in peace each and every day. Remove strife from our ministry, from our families, from our grandchildren. Don't let them fight. Don't let them have trouble at school. Remove strife. And in addition to all this, I take up the shield of faith. So you lift up that shield of faith high in front of me, and it is big. And that is what we've got to understand. That the shield of faith will extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. There is no fiery dart that the devil is shooting at you that the Lord is not going to extinguish. If you'll put up your shield of faith and say, Lord, I block this fiery dart that's coming with me against finances, and I pray you will just block it and stop it because I know that I've got the shield of faith holding it up not to come against me. Amen. So you can do it for health. You can do it for whatever fiery dart. No communication. Amen. Ugly communication. Block it. Amen. And take up your shield of faith and speak what this says in the word. You know what? We don't get things because we don't speak it. Yeah. We, we just moan and groan. We need to speak the word and speak the truth. So it says, with which you can extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and know who you are in Christ. So the enemy wants to attack our mind and steal our victories every day. We got to remember we have the helmet of salvation. So we tell the devil, get away from me from your thoughts and negativity. I'm not going to think bad about my spouse. I'm going to think about what God is saying about my spouse. See, because the devil wants to defeat us with all the thoughts of bad about our marriage. And your spouses that have come home, we've got the same problem. It's not simple the first year or two. Because we've got to take captive of the thoughts that's going on. They've got to get totally set free and delivered also. We have been, but they may not come home clean. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And it tells us to pray with all kind of prayers and requests, all kinds of prayers. That means we're supposed to pray in all different ways. With this in mind, be alert 
and keep on praying for all the saints. It says in Ephesians to be alert. That means don't put your head in the sand and cry and don't watch who the enemy is coming to come and get you. Have the armor of God on you every day. Once you get this, you're going to walk around with victory in your, in your steps instead as a defeated foe. We got to walk in victory that the God did not leave us on earth to get all the weapons and be shot by the devil every day without our protection. That's what we've got to understand. So how are you fighting the enemy, Satan, spiritually? Are you going to get dressed every day? You must. And I know that, that it's, you may forget. Well, as soon as you remember, do it. I would say when you get dressed, put on the armor of God. When you're putting on your makeup, put on the armor of God. When you're shaving, put on the armor of God. Don't get any further than that there. Okay, do not just know you got to get dressed and put makeup on or shave. Well, guess what? Put on the armor of God right then. Do not wait any later. Amen. Get serious about protection for you, your wife, your family, your husband, and your kids. We've got to put him first. God has a way of getting our attention, and we need to stand up and start fighting the fight. But God is commander-in-chief. Let's go to Job chapter 1. I know many of you may have never read the whole book of Job. If you like to read, that is an excellent book to read. But in Job chapter 1, it says, In the land of Uz there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. And he had children and daughters and 7,000 sheep. And it goes on. And it said he was the greatest man among all the people of the East. That is quite a comment. But... Verse 6 says, one day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also with them. So the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. And then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Now this is in the Old Testament, people. There is no one on earth like him. He was blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And Satan says, did Job fear God for nothing? Have you put a hedge of protection around, hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But stretch out your hand and strike everything to, he has and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, very well then. Everything he has is in your hands, but I'm not on the man himself. Do not touch him. So circumstances will go through God's hands that he allows it to happen for a season. Okay? And you have to understand that. So he then got told all the bad news of what happened. In Job chapter 2, there's a second test and these are called testings in our spiritual walk. And it says, On another day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, From roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. And he goes back, Have you considered my servant Job? There's no one like him. And he goes on. 
and he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. So sometimes you go through this, and there was nothing you had done wrong at all. Nothing. You had integrity. Skin for skin, Satan says, a man will give all he has for his own life. But stretch out your hand and strike its flesh and bones, and he will surely curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, very well, then he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. And then you can read 42 chapters of circumstances and all what he went through with family and friends, of all of them telling him to do many different things. His wife wanted him to curse God. You know, don't always listen to what your spouse says if, if it's contrary to the word of God. But Job in 42 says, I know that Job replied to the Lord, I know you can do all things. And this is a, a verse. No plan of yours can be thwarted. No plan can be stopped. So God's plan is perfect way. So in the end, he was blessed Verse 12, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. So he rectified everything that happened. He got blessed in the end. So regardless of what happened with the enemy, I want you to understand that hedge of protection is very real. We need to pray the blood of Jesus, the hedge of protection, a wall of fire, put the armor of God on you, when we walk out the store, you begin to get a lot of knowledge. And the enemy is not going to like it. I went to the accountant's office last Thursday morning. It's totally fine. And uh, it was raining. That's okay. I walked into this accountant's hall, getting out of the car, walking up the walkway. And they even had, by the grace of God, and God had it there for me, a black mat that had holes in it to take the water to let it go out. And I had a pair of shoes that I thought was good. They're at the shoe shop right this second getting new soles on them because they must have been slippery. And so I was walking really at, walking faster than normal. And all of a sudden, I saw myself face down. I want to tell you, a lot of thoughts come in my mind. But, I mean, I didn't know how much have I just hurt myself. Oh, Jesus, help me, help me, help me. And literally, the moment I opened my mouth, I started praising the Lord. It was just that fast. I teach praise the Lord. I teach praise. But I am telling you, it shocked me. When I went home, I said, Lord, what happened? I, I mean, what happened? And I'm thinking... Look what I'm going to be teaching next week. Where would he like, the devil would like me? Not here. You know? And I felt like, it was just like the Lord said, the devil wanted to trip you. And the devil tripped me. Well, I saw, I, it's Tim said, that's what you're going to say? Or I said, that's the only thing I can think of. I didn't see anything else trip me. And I can't be crazy that I'm falling over, you know. So anyway, I believe in my spiritual realm that the devil tripped me and wanted to break a few bones. But by the grace of God and the power of God and the blood of Jesus and the hedge of protection, the wall of fire, God protected me. Amen. 
because I crashed down and I heard my nose go into crunches that I never thought I could even begin to hear. And I said, oh, my Lord God, please help me. And I had to grab my purse, which I was laying on to try to get Kleenex out. Everything is moving. Okay, I got a couple of bruises on my legs. I can move. I am praising the Lord today to do not stop praying the hedge of protection, the wall of fire, blood of Jesus over you to protect you. If you have an accident, you can be protected from dying in the accident. Do not, and do this for your husband, do this for your kids, do this for your grandchildren. Do it. I am living proof of it. If the Lord wanted me to have a second illustration, I have a beautiful one now. And you know what? The devil hasn't learned. I tell everything, you know? So, because I am saying, well, you know, I'm going to go there in faith and I am going to tell them, we're going to praise the Lord. And we're going to say what he's done for me. He's no respecter of persons and he's going to do it for you. And you've got to believe that. Bob almost died 16 times, 16 years, over and over with complications of one thing after another. And you know what? After he had the complication, he wrote another book. (laughs) The devil was defeated. Do not give in to the devil. Stand up. Stand up tonight and walk out of here and say, devil, I am not going to give up on my wife. I'm not going to give up on my husband. I am going to stand firm and I'm going to start doing what I'm supposed to be doing and get serious about praying. And you can do it. You can do it. Don't give up. The word of God is sharper than a double-edged sword. We need to pray two or three scriptures with your spouse's name in it daily. I pray. I'm not even going to ask. But I pray that every single one of you have do, do that faithfully, two scriptures a day. Because if you don't, you're not saying it is written. You're not putting your husband or wife's name or children's name in the word to have God come through and meet you wherever you're at. The end and the last weapon we need to use is praise. And we can praise and talk about things. But you know, there's a lot of circumstances that we can tell our friends and our, and our prayer partner. But you know what the better word would be? Pray for them. They're really deceived. They're really blinded. You know, pray for them. We don't need to go through all the garbage. You may have one prayer partner that may hear a few things. Do not spill the beans, because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. When they come back, or whatever happens, that person, that your prayer partner, will not see them repenting or home, praising the Lord or anything. They're going to see everything they've done and how bad they still are because they've not had the Holy Spirit touch them and put unconditional love in them. So you've got to be careful that you do not spread the garbage to even your prayer partner. Do not gossip. It's gossip. Gossip is sin. So be careful When you do it, if you're going to do a Bible study, great. If you're going to do praying, great. But don't pray or don't talk gossip about your spouses or the other spouses or other people. It's just, it's the devil likes to destroy our praying in different ways or getting together. Psalm 8, verse 1 and 2. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You've set your glory above the heavens from the lips of children and infants. You have ordained praise because of your enemies, to silence the foe and the avenger. Is that awesome? 
to silence the foe and the avenger. So you know what? we got to get serious about praying. And let's go to 2 Chronicles 20, because that's where we, we started. But do you know what Jehoshaphat did? He heard what he was saying. He was crying out and saying, I do not know what to do. And you're saying right now, I don't know what to do. But guess what? The Lord does. And, and so Jehoshaphat fasted. And that's what he did. His whole people, he called all his people together and fasted. And he says, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the battle's not yours. He said, do not fight this. I, you're not going to have to fight the battle. But then he said to him, have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. But he told Jehoshaphat, I want you to put the choir out in front of the army. I want you to put the choir out in the front of the army, and I want them singing praises to me. Now, I don't think there is anybody that is going to say, oh, the army, I'd like, the, the, I'd like everybody to have their weapons. I would not like the choir who has nothing. <laughs> but the choir defeated, by praising the Lord, defeated the enemy. And it says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the choir, sing to the Lord, rather, and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out at the head of the army, ahead of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set the ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. And then that it ended up Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off the plunder and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and articles of value more than they could take away. That God blessed them by praising the Lord. Will you learn to praise the Lord in the midst of your circumstances? That is the secret. We need to know that who you are in Christ and to never, never give up on your spouse. You know, Jesus said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. May you pray, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Pray that every day. I know your husband and wife really, really, really don't know what they're doing. Lord, I just thank you for tonight. I thank you for all that we were able to accomplish. And Lord, we are believing that we have taught the steps and all the different weapons we have. We are not sitting here naked having the enemy attack us. We have weapons to use to protect us and our family and our beloved spouse. And Lord, I pray that this will go from the head to the heart and that they will get understanding, spiritual insight and discernment to understand who we are in Christ and that we are more than conquerors and that we have a, an eternal home. We do not have to be defeated and we'll just praise you. Lord, we put the blood of Jesus, the hedge of protection, the wall of fire around this entire group. You defend them. You protect them. The Lord, protect our families. You are our refuge. You are our fortress. And we will just give you the praise and the glory for what you have done in these classes. And we just thank you. We are not going to walk out in fear tonight. 
We will not be afraid because the battle's God's. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, be sure to subscribe so that you're notified when a new episode is released. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you found it beneficial, will you submit a review so it will help our rankings and other people will be able to find it? If you want to reach out to us, you can do so from our website, again, www.rejoiceministries.org. Write us and tell us how you enjoyed this podcast. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.